Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Nomads podcast. And for the next four weeks, we're on a little bit of an adventure. Uh, we are exploring uh, a women in business series. So we're going to be talking to four fantastic entrepreneurs. I don't even know if that's a word, but I've just said it anyway. And, and finding out you know, how they have dealt with various things in, in their business lives. And not all of it's property related. Uh, today's guest, although she is doing great things in property, does have a a really intriguing background in architecture uh, for those out there that are architects are probably aware that that is a very male dominated industry and uh, she said just off record that she's got some juicy stories to share so that's going to be delightful to hear and today's guest is Mary Osman from Elite Dwellings and been doing property for a couple of years so we've known each other on and off for a little while and say as mentioned with an architectural background I'm sure the stories are going to flow so Mary thank you for joining us on this uh, women in business series thanks very much for having me Rob it's a pleasure and thank you for doing a women's in business um series and I think it's going to be a cracker (laughs) yeah looking forward to it Uh, I suppose we should start at the beginning um you know, elite dwellings are out and about around on social media and, you know, you've got some, you know, great things happening. Uh, But before that, and I suppose before even architecture, my first question would be, what got you into architecture in in, in the first place? (laughs) That's going back a bit, isn't it? No, so I um, I just I was quite a creative growing up, and I just wanted to do something um, in the uh, in the creative industry, and um, coming from a bit of a, um, a a background of everybody being in um, going to academia and being in academia, um, lots of lots of us are, are doctors and lawyers and all the rest of it, and, um, and and also being from an Asian background, they had expectations of me going into those kind of um, going into those kind of career paths, and I, I just I just loved creativity, so um, I wanted to do something in design myself, and um, to be I always thought to be on to be into something, you have to be on the top of it. And um, I thought the top of the food chain must be architecture. So that's how I uh, wanted to become an architect. And correct me if I'm wrong, that takes seven years to get fully, uh, get, in a, yeah, get your degree, diploma, et cetera, and become fully qualified, is that correct? That's right, yeah. So it's, a, it's actually a minimum of seven years you can do it. So that's the quickest time you can become an architect in. So it's three years of undergraduate studies and you do a year in industry and you do a two years of master's and then you do another two years of kind of um, professional working, but being studying for a year at the same time. So you basically, as, as similar to accountants, you need to kind of be accountable for a certain number of years of working as well. Um, whilst you're doing um, your final year of study to become a chartered architect. So, yeah, it does take a minimum of seven years. So if you meet any architects, just know that they're very committed people for all the right or wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. I think that's a good point well made. And I imagine with, you know, with, with that skill set that there are you know, it's a skill set you can always sort of improve upon because there's, a, I, I suppose, is it fair to say there's always 
different design techniques and, and ways of doing things? Is that forever evolving, have you found in your experiences? Yeah, absolutely. So what's what's actually nice to be in an architecture industry is that you can always um, do something. So because you do so much study and you learn so much, you actually learn um, not only about architecture, but you you learn about how to do um, product design, how to do interior design, you know, how to do visualizations, renderings, create videos, you know, we can you give an architect or um, an architecture student a video to create and they'll they'll whack it out in, I don't know, Premiere Pro or some crazy program as well for you. <laughs> um, so there's so much skill that you pick up along the way um, that, that you have that can, can really help. And that's something that's really helped uh, me in my business and kind of me and my partner in my business as well. And the, the fact that our skills are so transferable, we can, you know, we can do our marketing um, on social media platforms and stuff like that ourselves because we know how to do graphics and we can very easily get into property as we have um, because, you know, you get lots of transferable skills through it. So is that how you decided to evolve into property or was there another sort of pinch point where yourself and your partner just thought, oh, actually, we need to change our course here. Uh, tell, tell us a bit more about that process, how that works. Um, yeah, absolutely. So we actually, we didn't um, know that we wanted to get involved in property or anything like that. We were very busy being um, commercial architects um, and making the very rich, very rich, <laughs> even richer, I should say. And um, we, uh, you know, it's very normal for architects to work from 9 till 9 p.m. or even 12 p.m. and things like that, just because we have this stupid level of commitment <laughs> um, and it becomes very, design becomes very important to us and our clients become very important to us. And we were kind of just in this, um, almost in this rat race of architecture, we were, you know, exhausting ourselves almost. Um, so we quit our jobs and, um, we just went, we went traveling for about a year um, and then ended up living in Australia for the next, for two years after that. Um, and when we, it was, it was only about a week within traveling that we, um, that we realized that there were lots of people around us who were working remotely whilst they were, so they were basically on holiday, but, you know, making money. Um, and we thought, oh my God, we really need to do something like this. <laughs> um, so very quickly, um, my mindset changed from, oh, I've studied for seven years as an architect, and I really need to progress myself, force a progression of myself into being an architect um, and being a very successful architect. So actually, there's different ways of living and there's different different ways of making money and having a passive income rather than a very very active income that we had um so um there was just different things that i was interested in that i wanted to pursue like i love tea so we would we'd look at you know making green tea and things like that so there's so many different things that um uh, i thought about have like having as a business it it was never actually the penny didn't drop for quite a while um until i read rich dad poor dad um, and kind of these 
different pop-ups came up on my phone about, oh, do you want to go on property courses after I'd obviously mentioned um, to the holy internet world that I was reading Richard to a poor dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> that um, actually, I was like, actually property makes sense because, you know, I can use my skills that I have already to to build something that will eventually become passive to me. So yeah, that's how, how property came about. The, the seminal book that is Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I've heard that mentioned so many times. I know, I know. I think it's a, it's a turning point for the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, isn't it? 100%, it, it gives a completely different perspective, you know, of things, doesn't it? And, you know, you realize that you can, as you pointed out quite rightly there, the you know, you dedicated to your clients, dedicated to your customers, you know, 10, 12, 15 hours a day, making sure they're getting what they they need, they want, you know, helping them improve their wealth. And, you know, you're sat there doing X, Y, Z, probably having a decent life. But, yeah, there is always that turning point, isn't there? And for yourself, that, you know, seemed to be a mixture of that book and, and traveling as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I'm glad the penny did drop. <laughs> <laughs> did I? I mean, I'm just trying to think at, at that time. The minute the minute that penny dropped, was it almost a a relief reaction, or was it a case of you know, oh my god, I've just been doing architecture for X amount of years. I think I've gone down the wrong path. I mean, how did how did that feel at that time? Yeah. So it's it's it was almost like a light bulb moment actually because. Um, when when I was having when I was thinking at what can what can I do to um, become more kind of passive and have a business etc. It nothing everything was quite interesting and there was lots of shiny pennies out there like email marketing I tried out and you know like the different stems that I tried out we I think at one point we me and the other half tried out buying bitcoins <laughs> so you do go through lots of things and when it came to property it was a light bulb moment it was like we can combine all our skills and everything we know we don't have to start from scratch and it it made complete sense to me and it was actually quite liberating for me to understand that I can work for myself and I can provide do something for myself rather than um I mean, I do love my clients and stuff like that, but um, it's it's such a different feeling when you're working for yourself than you're working for somebody else. That's completely understandable. There is a completely different sense in oh, that's, you know how 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 you are with people, not you as an individual, of course, yeah, people in general, but you know the sort of the mindset difference is is quite extraordinary. I, I would have. You know, it's, it's fair to say, uh, just going on, you know, Bitcoin. <laughs> probably looking back at that now, just when it's gone north of thirty thousand dollars, probably, uh, you know, uh, it is what it is yeah, nowadays. We, but uh, we one of those some things. Money in it. I didn't think that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry, to, right. sorry to rub that in. Anyway. I know. No. Do you have any? <laughs> I, I don't. You yeah, know, I was... sort of got into the craze a few a few years ago, and then. When it kind of like spiked up and then spiked down again, it was um, sort of didn't think didn't think much of it. But I think with although you know, it's a whole different podcast in itself. I think given you know where where the globe is socioeconomically, um, yeah. you know I, I could see the attraction 
to something like Bitcoin yeah. and, and crypto. It's just not something I do, but I can see the attraction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's but, always it's, it is always important. Although, um, you know, my uh, current strategy is property. Um, it is always to it's always good not to put all your eggs in one basket and um, kind of in due course it's important for everyone to invest a small number of like small amounts um, in lots of different things um, so uh, you know I'm completely not averse to investing in other things at the moment I think my kind of 70 30 so 70 percent of my um, concentration is in property Sounds like a very sensible allocation, to be perfectly honest with you, Mary. So good stuff on that. Moving forward, in terms of yeah, so women in you know, women in business, and I, I'll make this apology now, and I will also make this apology for the next four episodes as well, because I guess some of this line of questioning uh, is going to be well, probably maybe quite awkward for you, but certainly, you know, from, from my point of view, awkward asking it almost. Um, but we're here to get perspectives, and, you know, there's a lot of, well, I say there's a lot of issues around the world. I think that's an understatement. But in terms of, you know, sexism and, you know, misogyny and, you know, all this sort of stuff, um, we'll touch upon a few of those subjects. I, going back to architecture, and, and for those that are not UK-based or, you, you know, don't know too much about architectural practice, it is quite a male-dominated industry, as as a lot of property is, not all property, but a lot of property is as well. At what point did you realise when you were doing architecture that, you know, were, were you surrounded by men all the time? Did that make you feel uncomfortable? Uh, have you, you know, did you, wait, have you been on the end of any, you know, un unfair comments just because of your sex? Yeah, plenty. <laughs> um, to be honest, right at the beginning, so when you're at university doing undergraduate, there we had perhaps 40% female and 60% male. So it's it's more even at an undergraduate level. Um, as soon as I hit my master's, and then so you go between from undergraduate to um, working for a year, and then you do postgraduate to master's. As soon as I hit my master's, it went to 10% female and a 90% male. Um, and and that was years ago, but now it's it's improved, but not by too much. Perhaps it might be 30% or something like that female, but the year that we were um, studying it, it just like it plummeted, it drops because it's just, um, the, the kind of the kind of industry is and the the type of output that's expected of you um, a lot of females don't kind of want to put themselves through that um, so you get the drop quite early on um, and then going into going into practice I think um, every day kind of we get more and more females in practice which is really good um, but um, in architecture, in interior design, you get a lot more females, which is quite good. In architecture, you get a lot more males, especially at the higher, kind of the higher end as well. At the lower end, the female, it's kind of developing and becoming a bit better. Um, the female balance is, you know, coming up perhaps this about 30%. Not that the pay is 30% is, is similar at all. There's so many issues about the pay gap in architecture. Um, and the construction industry and um, between males and females. 
Um, but yeah, so for personally coming into work, um, that it's a it's a male dominated world. We had even when I worked in bigger practices, we always had all our directors who obviously um, kind of we look up to our male directors in every practice that I've worked in. Um, I've probably in most practice I've worked in I've probably had one female director to all other male directors um, so the numbers are just you know a lot of a lot of the time it's um, it's about kind of the the industry learns through experience as well mm. and um, I'm going to be a bit I'm going to be a bit be a bit un -P, not on PC, but um, as some people might find it a bit difficult to listen. But I always said that on TV, unless there were, um, in, unless we showed ethnic minority on TV, there's so many generations of underprivileged people who will look like at movies, at series, at TV and stuff like that. And all the blue collar people and everything like that working in their white collar people are not of ethnic minority and I th I've always thought that was a problem and no adverts, most movies, lots of TV programs don't have anyone of kind of not a, like a, a black or an Asian background and I, I actually um, I think you know not showing anybody the way is, is half the problem um, and so not having these kind of directors and things like that that are above you, that are female, um, is becomes more of a struggle to see yourself, to envisage yourself and envision yourself up there and also not having a mentor who can who understands what you're going through. Um, so I think that that's quite a big thing in the industry. And historically, it's been the fact that... Um, um, there just isn't that much flexibility for females in the industry as well. There isn't that much, still there isn't that much understanding for females to take um, time off the children, to work flexible hours and things like that. So that becomes really difficult. Um, so that's kind of the hard side of it. I'm sorry I kind of really went in, Rob, <laughs> and, um, and, and spoke about those kind of perspectives um, of the industry. It's, it's important, Mary. It's, it's it's important it's the fact that you've done that it, it's crucial and actually I hadn't thought about it in, until you mentioned it but you also brought in race there so for people that don't know you um you know right yeah um, say you know you, yeah, you're, you're so, not white you've got a different well, background so what, what's your background so i'm um, of a persian background i was born in afghanistan and um when i was young i moved to the uk um and so i've been brought up in the uk and and everything like that. So actually, I, I, you know, I am, uh, I, 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 you know, I feel as a human being, I feel like I've actually, you know, the, the little that we have, I actually feel quite privileged because I know people who are in kind of in countries like that. Of, so many of them are quite underprivileged. So actually, um, most of the time, I feel like king of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did you ever find then dealing with a, you know, obviously you're a woman and also having a, 
ethnic minority background. Did you, I, I don't want to say that's like a double negative. I, I don't mean it like that. But did at the time of, of you doing, you know, architectural practice and, and being at work, etc., and, and to an extent even in property, have you ever found that to be, you know, looked upon as a double negative? It's like, oh, you're a woman. Oh, you know, you're not white. I mean, I know that sounds harsh, but have you ever experienced that before? Um, luckily, no, I haven't. Um, which is really good, which is like really promising in, um, especially in architecture, you, you deal with, um, or if I haven't on site, they haven't really told me, <laughs> but in architecture <laughs> and, you know, um, kind of knowing, you know, professionals and engineers and stuff like that, they, um, they never, I've, I've never even thought about myself in a in a different color or anything like that we you know i've had a great um career experience i've had a great university experience and no one's ever judged me as anything other than a woman <laughs> so yeah no i think that that's been very positive um so which i'm, I'm quite happy about but um and then in terms of the industry so i've um i said i've, I've got lots of funny stories for you um so the um the the construction industry is obviously full of um uh, full of kind of it's male dominated the architecture itself and interior design is getting better and better which is really good um but um as as i kind of progressed in my career uh, i used to so you you start to kind of take hold of projects you attend meetings and you represent your kind of your practice and you represent the projects um kind of um, as as the architect on the project and I kid you not 90% of the time I used to walk into the first meeting and all heads used to look up at me and I'm not just a female I'm also only five foot tall <laughs> so I used to walk into a room and I, I would get most men used to be um, 50 or above so the you know the site engineer, the um, the structural engineer, the um, uh, the mechanical engineer, and stuff like that used to be like fifty or over, and they'd look up and be like, "So who is she coming in and kind of sitting down and you know where where's the architect?" And so I, I've so many times I've kind of had that first kind of envisaged meeting and being like, oh my God, they're just going to be like, who is she? And they'd kind of look for a prompt to be like, so who is she? So I'd have to introduce myself in the middle of the sea of men who are sitting around me and, um, and prove myself. So it's kind of, so it's, so you always have to go in there armoured up rather than go in there very relaxed to to think that, okay, I'm just going in and I'm going to kind of save my part and everything like that. So um, I've had to build a very, very strong shell um, and be quite, you know, quite armoured up and show my level of knowledge, which at the beginning of your career is very difficult to have that net level of knowledge because it comes through experience. Um, so what I used to do, I used to just kind of immerse after every meeting. I used to not know everything in every meeting, nor did lots of other people, but it was really important for me to prove that I knew it because there were so many people judging me. Um, so I'd go away and I'd spend nights and nights and nights kind of um, 
reviewing all the notes that I'd made and made sure that I understand what's going on and I understand all the information and everything that was that was given to me or was given in the meeting, which I think um, to look back at it was quite positive because I didn't kind of rest um, and thought, okay, like I'm going to learn this. I actually learned a lot faster. And um, so there, there, there is a prop, like a positive point, a positive thing to have, to kind of um, to look at when you are thinking. Actually, I'm being judged by a lot of old men here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I did. I had to really um, kind of fight my way through, and I went through so much time of um, when I'd go on site. I was the only female on site. And I'd proper feel really daunted. And half of it was me, myself as well. I'd feel really intimidated being the only female there um, oh. because there were so many men there. And I just, it took me about a year of being on site every week to be comfortable being on site. Yeah, I, I, I can sort of put myself in, in your shoes out and I can imagine that my first thought uh, when you mentioned about going into a room full of men, I could just imagine like a cartoon sketch when it happens and everyone's literally just looking around at you all at the same time and they're probably thinking, what the fuck? It's probably yeah. what's going through their head, to be honest with you. And I like I like the fact, though, you know, mentality is important, as you've pointed out, and the way that you've, you know, the way that you took that at the time was a case of, you know, not, not overly panicking as such, but it's helped you to progress your knowledge probably even quicker because you, you put that onus upon yourself to go and do that and you've turned that into a positive where I would imagine that quite a few people in the similar situation might turn that into a negative. So, you know, kudos for that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important to kind of turn that into a positive. And um, I think a lot of females do actually do that as well they go over and above um what they what they can do to prove that they're you know they're worthy of being there and even kind of bettering them as well um so you know that you know that's a really positive thing that that has come out of it it's just um it's obviously going to take time to to adjust that and i'll um I'll tell you. I'll kind of. I've got two interesting stories. I'll um. I'll tell you. I'll t I'll tell you them both. So so the, the the time that that my brain changed on site, um, um was then I was like actually I'm actually worthy of being here. Uh, was so I I was um I was just doing my regular. So once a week I'd I'd go to this. It was a big construction site. If anybody knows um. Manchester, it was over in Oldham, and we were making um, a, a, um, a head, headquarter offices for a big housing association. Um, so, and I'd be there like every week to look at the progress of the building. So I'd kind of like just gear up and put my gear on, make sure I didn't really see anyone or speak to anyone or anything like that. And that day I was, um, uh, I was in the building and I went towards the back of the building and there was two um there were two young guys and um, they looked like they were 18 or something like that and I was just you know walking around um and inspecting the site and they were like hey 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 and they were very like enthusiastic to talk to me 
So I, kind of, I went over and they were like, hi, are you the architect? And I was just, it kind of took me a minute myself to be like, uh, yeah, I am. Because I didn't have that level of confidence. And he was like, and then they had to ask again, they were like, are you the architect of this building? And I was just like, yes, I am. So I kind of forced myself to say, yes, I am. And um, and they were, and I could, could just see the look on their face and it was, it was priceless and it, it made me so much more confident than I am and I actually thanked them for it. And they were, they kind of looked at me in awe and they were like, oh my God, I can't, like, that's so cool that you're an architect. And they said to me, and it was actually quite sad, they were like, oh, you know, we've just, we've just messed around in school. So they were 18, both these two two lads that I was talking to. And they were like, we just messed around in school and everything. So we never made it as an architect or we can't make it as an architect. We're just here on a painting apprenticeship. And I was just like, I was kind of like, oh my God, that's like so sad that you, um, you, that, that you're saying that and you didn't make an effort in school, but perhaps you didn't have the opportunities. But at the same time, it kind of made me realize that, oh my God, I've busted my butt <laughs> to actually <laughs> become an architect and I should really be proud of it and I should be really confident about it. Um, and it actually took that moment for them to, for them to actually highlight to me that I've worked so hard that I should be, should be really happy about this. <laughs> so nice. um, that's yeah, a, that's that was a good story. Yeah, so that was that was really good, and and I hope they've done they've done really really good things in their lives. But um, but yeah, it was it was a good good moment for me. I was like, God, this this hard work probably pays off then. Um, but then I kind of so it was on the same site, and um, where I built loads of confidence actually. And right at the end of this, um, the when the building was finished, and um, I was walking around it. There was uh, I was snagging, so I was walking around right at the end of the um, building project, and. Um, uh, I was in the main corridors, like it was, ended up being a really cool building. It was like all glazed on one side. It had like commercial frontage and stuff like that. And it had um, um, it had these meeting rooms on one side and things like that. And I was just snagging. The, the reception table wasn't perfect. To architects, nothing's perfect. And you can either always find about a thousand and one <laughs> snags on a project. <laughs> so my apologies to any project manager. We just, yeah, we're, we're a bunch of perfectionists. Um, but we do, we do, you know, we do, uh, uh, you know, we don't, we don't get upset about every snag, <laughs> just the important ones. But yes, yeah, so I was there snagging and there was an elderly gentleman um, at the end of kind of the main downstairs corridor. And he was looking at me really curiously. And um, I was just kind of walking out. When you snag, you're just looking at stuff, right? And he mm -hmm. was probably like, what the hell is this girl doing? Not this girl, like this child. <laughs> because he came up to me and he was like, are you all right, love? Are you lost? And this is it. I was just like, oh my God. You're just saying, are you all right, love? Are you lost? And I just, I just lost it then. And I just turned around to him and I said, I said, 
actually I know every wire that runs through a building, every pipework, every cylinder, every hot water, every um, column and beam that's the structure of this building, every brick that's been laid out outside of this building, I know exactly how it works. So no, I'm not lost, but you lost love. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. So that was my moment of triumph, really. Uh, what did he say to that? He just—he was shocked. He just was absolutely <laughs> shocked and gobsmacked at it. And that this girl, that he's never seen a girl on site, has just told them off. <laughs> oh, that, oh, I'm actually in tears. That's in a good way. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah, I'd so, um, so yeah, priceless. It, was, it was, it took me a long time, but I did, I did build the confidence to, to speak back and it is, it is mainly to people on site. <laughs> I, yeah, again, I can, I, I can well imagine saying, as, as he pointed out as well with the fact that you're, you know, around five foot, so you're not exactly towering above oh, no. uh, yeah. people <laughs> as well. I, I, I think there's some great stories there. You know, really, really good stories. That you know, the fact that you know you got people, you know, looking up to you. So, oh my God, you know, you're an architect. That, that's so cool. You know, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you got someone who has almost you almost judged you based yeah. on the fact that you. I mean, you maybe you did look a bit lost. I don't know. Obviously, you weren't. You know that you weren't. Yeah. So I'm not trying to defend defend the guy at all. It's uh, almost like he'd formed a judgment. Um, you know, and certainly from, again, people that are not overly, you know, familiar, there's quite a big divide between North and South. And I have found that, you know, a lot of men to, to women will just say love in the North. And, that, you know, it's completely for, for the North of England, that's normal. Just yeah. like if you ever, you know, like uh, if, uh, if if you're a guy and you're talking to a, you know, an OAP, you know, lady, they normally say duck in North. <laughs> like you know, it's a term of endearment. So that's uh, interesting. I, I love the fact you, you, know, you stood up for yourself there, and you're like, you know, I'm not. Even if it wasn't intentional from from their point of view, it's like, you know, I'm not having this. I know what I'm doing. F off, pretty much f off. Yeah. Let me crack on, but being courteous about it at the same time. Yeah, I think it's it's just important. I thought, like at that moment, I was like, I was like, it's 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 good for him not to know, not to judge anyone in any way. Um, kind of, it doesn't matter who they are, male, female. Um, it's not good for him to judge anyone, to, like whether they should kind of be there or whether they're lost or anything, or if they're female. Um, if he knew, like if he had kind of a kind of a gentleman of like middle years or something like that, um, going around the building, he would have never said, "Are you lost?" But he said to me. Mm in a cheeky form, are you lost? And I had to respond back. Yeah, don't, I don't blame it. Don't just, you know, lay down and, yeah. and take it. Just, you know, fight, fight fire with fire to an extent. Yeah, which was, yeah, which was interesting. I, I must say though, so um, I, I worked in um, Australia for a few years and, as well. And um, there's, there's far more females on site there, there than they are here. Um, I find here that the, um, we hardly have any females working on site here. But in Australia, um, 
there, there's there's a lot more. So I don't know if it's that they've got more kind of flexibility in their in in what they do, um, if they if they actually um, if they've taken their time to um, advocate it and kind of put it out there for females. Um, but yeah, it's it's much better there, which is good, and hopefully um, England can catch up a little bit in that sense. Fingers crossed. When you mean on site, do you mean generically, as in a bricklaying, electrician, gas yeah, engineer, that sort of stuff? People are actually working on site. Yeah, labourers who work on site as well. Nice. That's, that's good. To, that's good to know. I've, uh, again, that's you know very very important. I don't, you know I don't know sort of how we do or don't do things in in this country. To be fair, I'm probably above my pay grade to try and start thinking about it. In in all fairness. Um, I suppose maybe just before we start sort of wrapping up to to an extent, um, are there any other sort of obstacles, um, any other key points du- during, you know, your, your time of being a successful business person, businesswoman, however you want to take that? And any other obstacles that you've overcome that, you know, you think can inspire others to take action? Um, yeah, definitely. I think um, in terms of... Um, uh, just uh, in terms of being female in property and female in um, in kind of architecture in the world of con- um, construction, I think confidence goes a long way. So um, building kind of building your knowledge um, is really important. So you know what you're talking about, but also building your level of confidence. And as I kind of shared, um, it took me quite a long time to build that level of confidence. Um, in myself and I think that's half like half of the battle is the battle within us um rather than the battle that's out there you know what you know I don't know a certain percentage of the time it's what we put out so I think if we um act really confident and and kind of um have that confident aura um, around us and it's the way we speak the way they we carry ourselves the way we dress i think that goes a long way to um to kind of that confidence building of being able to speak really well to people and everything like that and i think that's what i've realized the more confidence i've built in myself and um, kind of the more abilities and opportunities i've had and i've got no issues now in kind of ever going anywhere on site or speaking to anyone um, or anything like that. And I think um, when I got into property, I think my um, one, one uh, something different that needed confident building was actually to be in front of a screen. Um, <laughs> so everything kind of, as the world moves on, we kind of have to move on with it and um, to kind of have uh, on-screen presence on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that is more important when you're in property and in the property world, especially when you are in business and you're looking for, uh, you kind of looking for to grow your business. And um, I was very scared to appear on screen and I'd kind of hide behind a kind of blanket of, oh, they won't listen to me anyway. There's lots of males out there and things like that. But actually, um, uh, more... F- and social media 
surprisingly or I don't know unsurprisingly so many people like to hear from females rather than males and especially probably in the property world because they do hear from a lot of males already so I get lots of really good feedback um, online and in kind of in the property world in terms of when I do speaking and things like that um, it's really really well received so I think it's it's really lovely um, and actually it's a really nice thing in the property world there's so many supportive communities in the property world especially with females in property there's really good support networks that um, everyone can kind of touch into and go into I'm part of one called um, Property Sisters which is really good and there's Property Little Sisters as well um, and there's a really strong community of females it's not um, it's not you know exclusive to females should I say um, so it you know it does it does allow um, anyone to come in but it's there's really good networks in property and I feel very positively in terms of um, property and females in property yeah it's just to echo just to echo on that I know sort of getting getting involved in in property as i've joked about this before with people is if you go to you know networking events whether it's online or you know in person whatever you know we are and aren't allowed to do you know a lot of the time you know it's male dominated speaking it's you know uh, i I just can't blanch it you know most of the time you know if you're talking to most men in property it's oh look at the size of the deal i've just done you know this is how big my balls are I'm kicking ass, 10 million quid, blah, 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 up yours, I'm better than you. Yeah, all of that, you know, sort of very ego, ego-driven ego nonsense um, yeah. with stuff added on at the end. But whereas you speak to women in property, hey, yes, yeah, just nonchalantly having a conversation, you know, it's like, how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, and no, I'm just working on this like three or four million pound development in London. Everything's moving along nicely. Women seem to be a lot more calm about this sort of stuff, property-wise. I think that's refreshing. Maybe that's why... Yeah, you know, to have more, again, a different perspective and not necessarily, woohoo, here's my ego, look at me go, you know, which is quite typical, yeah. you know, male property stuff. Maybe really that's probably why it's, you know, the feedback has um, been incredibly positive. Plus, you're also a delightful person to speak to with so many great stories. That probably helps as well. Thanks very much. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it is, um, it's, it's really refreshing and you can kind of, you you feel like you're you're having a really good conversation with um with, with females and property and like really supportive communities as well rather than like you say not everyone's um obviously egotistical or, or anything like that but um you get a more genuine conversation for example like right now i've told you nothing about my property business <laughs> and we've talked for about an hour it's uh nothing nothing wrong with that at all i suppose the purpose of having this mini series is to chat with you know different women in in different aspects of business and how they found their experiences you know good things that have happened not so good things that have happened and you know more just to you know inspire you know uh, you know our generation but also a new generation as well and so anyone can put if you put your mind to it you can achieve it no matter you know what race you are what sex you are what religion you know you're from you know it's um yeah, unless you live in North Korea, pretty much everyone's got the same opportunities. Sorry if anyone's listening in North Korea. You know, everyone's got the same opportunities, you know, pretty much. If you put your mind to it, you know, you can go out and achieve it. And, uh, you know, I suppose that, that's a, that's the key that's a key thing from this series and this episode as well. So I guess on on that note, Mary, it's, uh, 
you know, all, just awesome to hear your stories, awesome to, for you to share your experiences uh, about a multitude of things. If people wanted to get hold of you, how do people find you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm mainly on Instagram, so uh, Elite Dwellings um, on Instagram, on Facebook as well, it's Elite Dwellings, um, or you can always just ping me an email at contact at elite awesome stuff and as usual we will put all of that in the show notes so yeah mary just again a massive thank you for your time that was really insightful and you know reach out as well and you're talking about feedback if you enjoyed this episode and so forth and do share with others in your network as well so uh, awesome stuff um thank you very much for your time thank you very much rob for doing this really appreciate it thanks so much